Verse 13 through 16, the Bible says, Then certain of the vagabond Jews, exorcists, took upon them to call over them which had evil spirits the name of the Lord Jesus, saying, We adjure you by Jesus whom Paul preacheth. And there were seven sons of one Sceva, a Jew and chief of the priests, which did so. And the evil spirit answered and said, Jesus, I know. And Paul, I know. But who are ye? Verse 16, And the man in whom the evil spirit was leaped on them and overcame them and prevailed against them so that they fled out of that house and naked and wounded. My, my, my. Man certainly loves to mess around with demonic forces. Far too often we take these demons as a joke. I can't see them. Therefore, they may, may not even be all that real. I can't actually look on them, so they must not have all that power and authority we think they do. And of course, we neglect the idea that uh, they take different forms. They take different shapes. They become those things we get a hankering for. They become those things that we think we can be the master of. But really it's them that's mastering us. What I want to do here real quickly as we are proceeding into the afternoon time on this first uh, day of November, I want us to notice these exorcists here today. Our Father in heaven, we thank you, God, for loving us, for saving us. I thank you, Lord, for safe passage up here to Pacific Garden Mission. And I pray, Lord, for your blessings. Now, please, upon the ministry here, upon the service here, upon the residents and the workers, we pray, Lord, that souls will be saved and lives will be changed. And that this place will continue to be the lighthouse you'd have for it to be until Jesus comes back. And if he were to go ahead and come back in the next couple of seconds here, let me just say that would be awesome. But thank you, Father, for loving us and saving us. And I pray, Lord, for each and every one here that we'll open up our eyes and our ears and our hearts to taking what you've got here for us. In the glorious, precious name of Jesus Christ, we do pray. Amen and amen. So again, demon forces are real. We fight them daily. Anyone who tells you that they're not fighting their demons, I would question if that means that they're just simply have yielded to their demons. Because demons are out to destroy us. They're out to break us. They're, they're out to take as many people to hell as possible. And I realize there are individuals who say, I'm already living on hell on earth, therefore when my time comes, God's just going to go ahead and let me on into heaven because I suffered enough here. 
No, 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 no. The Bible says this is your only chance to get saved is in this life. If you do not exit this life knowing Jesus Christ is your personal Lord and Savior, you will find out what hell is because you will find yourself there. And this is going to be a cakewalk by comparison. But these demons, they understand that and they want to make sure that as many human lives as they can, they send to hell with them. Now these exorcists here, they done thought they got some power. They done figured that they have what it takes to exercise this power, to, to go out there and do what Paul was doing, to go out and do what Peter was doing, the other apostles were doing. That they could be mightier than the demons. Let me just say here real quickly, the only way you're ever going to get mighty enough to try to even think about dealing with the demon is you've got to get as close as you can to Jesus Christ. That's what Paul and the other apostles did. They got as close as they could to Jesus. But these men here, yeah, they weren't close to Jesus at all. They, they knew the name, Jesus. Well, hey, let me just ask you all here real quickly this. And if you all know the name Jesus, uh, maybe you know uh, someone, they pronounce the name Jesus instead. Maybe you know the name Jesus because you use it as a cuss word. Ah, oh, Jesus Christ, I can't believe that. Oh, he just blasphemed. Preacher just blasphemed. No, preacher was making an example here to try to help us understand that we abuse Jesus just as these men were abusing Jesus. You see, these exorcists here, they had their pride. Notice with me here in verse number 13, it says, In certain of the vagabond Jews, exorcists took it upon themselves, took it upon them to call over them which had evil spirits in the name of the Lord Jesus they have no commission from Jesus to be doing this. They've got no instruction from Jesus to be doing this. Uh, for example, those who got together to build Pacific Garden Mission all those many decades ago, they came together to do it under the commission of the Lord Jesus Christ to make a place where people can come and get some physical help and some spiritual help. Amen. But that wasn't them saying, hey, we can do it. That was them saying that God was empowering us to do it. But these men here, they themselves, I can do it. I can do it. Well, what's in the middle of pride? Spell out that word pride. P-R-I-D-E. Pride is right there in the middle. Pride is always going to be a downfall for us. It's the first sin. You go back there to Isaiah chapter number 14 and you will find out that Satan was lifted up with pride. He was called Lucifer at the time. He was right there guarding the very throne of God. He was a living instrument. But pride got in there. These men were proud. These men were saying, we can do it. They'd seen others do it. They decided they could do it. I've seen a lot of men and women gotten up behind the sacred desk here saying, I've seen others do it and I can do it too. 
But they ain't been empowered by Christ to do it. It's an I thing. And the Bible says if man desire the office of a bishop, he desireth the good thing. But it does not say that he gets it. Church, there are things that we've got in our lives that we want to do. It don't mean that we've been empowered to be doing it. We need to be in communication with heaven there. Otherwise, it's our pride. And what is this old saying? Pride goeth before fall. Mm. Philippians 4.13 says, I can do all things. And we like to stop right there. I can do all things, yes, no. I can do all things through Christ, which strengtheneth me. Paul could only claim that because he had spent time in prayer with God. He'd spent time in the Word of God. He'd spent time with Jesus. Oh, by the way, that's Philippians. That means he wrote that verse while he's in jail. Wrongly accused, but he's in jail. Oh, by the way, yet again in jail. But he's saying, I can endure being in jail. I can endure this hardship I find myself in. I can endure the troubling times I'm in because Christ is going to enable me to do it. He's going to enable me to get through it. That ain't pride, that's leaning on Jesus. Bible says, lean not unto thine own understanding, but in all thy ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your path. That ain't pride. That's Jesus. Number two about these exorcists, I want you to notice their prayer. They prayed, preacher? Oh yeah, they prayed. Sometimes we pray on others like a praying man. is that P-R-E-Y. We're going hunting something. We're going to get what we want. We're going to go out there and look for it. I'm going to turn over every rock, every stone, look behind every tree to get his what I want. I'm going to get mine. I'm going to get whatever it takes. I'm going to get mine. And that's praying on it. But when we pray on it, P-R-A-Y, we're asking. We're seeking God. But these guys, they're praying, P-R-E-Y. says, we adjure you by Jesus whom Paul preaches. Mm. We're commanding you. That's what that word adjure means. We're commanding you. Take a hike, demon. Get out of here, demon. We adjure you. By Jesus, whom Paul preacheth. Jesus is not an incantation. This ain't abracadabra, hocus pocus. Jesus Christ, and it'll be healed. No. Don't work that way. Never has worked that way. Never will work that way. Name Jesus has power to it. That's why you will hear people cuss and say Jesus. Because they're cussing. They're using His name in vain. I don't hear anyone walking around saying, Dennis! Dennis! Doggone it, Dennis! Not unless they're actually yelling at me. Any of you hear someone call my name to cuss somebody? 
<laughs> That's a no. Because there's no power in the name of Dennis. But there's power in the name of Jesus. And they're abusing that power here as they are making their prayer. Many call on Jesus for help. But they do so in a manner that's consistent with daring Him to respond. Jesus, don't you think you need to be doing something here? Hmm? Hmm? Jesus, this is all your fault that I'm in this situation. That I'm sitting here right now. Listen to that Yahoo up there on the stage. It's your fault, Jesus. I tried doing it your way. Look where I'm at. That's not exactly uh, using that power correctly, is it? No. People call the name of Jesus and make demands. Jesus, I need it now. Right here, right now. I need this money to pay this bill now. I need this car fixed now. Jesus, you got to be doing this now. Jesus, it's already half an hour past due date. You're late, Jesus. Don't work that way at all. We adjure you by Jesus whom Paul preaches. You're throwing a bunch of words out there. I'm not a fan of the so-called sinner's prayer. Simply because I believe that a lot of people have said a bunch of words and they never actually meant it. Amen. Now I'll try to give you it to an extent to give you a bit of a framework but I always want you to put it your way but I'm putting it to you in a way so that you'll understand how it applies to you that you are a sinner who needs to get saved that only Jesus can do it I, there, it don't matter what the world says don't matter what it Self-help book says none of that matters. There's not a thousand and one ways to heaven. There's one way to heaven. That's Jesus. Jesus said, I am the way. The way. That's singular. The truth. That's singular. And the life. That's singular. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Neither is there any other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. The name of Jesus. We pray to Him and ask Him to save us. Understanding we are sinners that we deserve hell and that He's the only one who can save us and we ask Him to save us. And we mean it from the bottom of our heart putting our full faith and trust in Him. Now we're praying for salvation. When He saves us and we want to learn more about His Word, we're asking Him to show us. We want to go out there and do something for Him. We're praying. We're asking for direction. We're seeking His light, His counsel. But we're not making demands of Him. These exorcists were making commands. Demands of the Spirit and at the same time demands of Jesus to do as they're calling on Him to do. Not good. Number three, I want you to notice they're pretending. It says here, 
where are we at? And there were seven sons of one Sceva, a Jew, and chief of the priests, which did so. They're pretending that dear old dad was a chief of the priests. It therefore gave them authority to do this. They're pretending that dear old dad, being such a religious man, somehow that transferred to them. They're pretending that because dear old man, dad was so well known, Jesus was known, and Paul was known, that somehow that brought them the clout for the spiritual realm. I'm reminded of a narrative. I'm saying narrative here, not parable. Because there is a person named in it. I'm saying narrative because if it was a story, it wouldn't be true. But we are given one name in the narrative of the rich man and Lazarus. So it happened. The rich man opened up his eyes in hellfire. Tormented, able to see over in the paradise there. And he's begging... Father Abraham! He's calling upon a relation of his. Father Abraham said, Ain't gonna do you no good. I got my salvation. You must have your own salvation. And my child, because you're now in hell, it's too late to get salvation. There is no purgatory. I don't care what any religion tells you. The closest thing we've got to purgatory is this life. We have the chance right now in this life to choose life, to choose to accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, or to forsake it all and split hell wide open one day. While well, we're busy pretending to be good enough. While well, we're busy pretending that God will just close his eyes and let us in. That God will let us slip in through the back door of heaven. While well, we pretend that that preacher's crazy up there. Well, I guess that's not much of a pretend. But y'all get what I'm saying? It don't work that way. Salvation has always been and will always be personal. They tried to rely on something else. You know why? Because they at least had an idea as to what they were up against. Ephesians chapter 6 verse 12 says, For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. They understood. They couldn't get a hold of it. Now, not going to do it, but let's say I got down off the stage here and I went and I found the biggest and baddest of whoever's here. And I tried to take him out on my own. Maybe I do. Most likely I don't. I admit it. Okay? No, I'm just the ugliest one here. But, that would be person to person. I can reach out and touch. They can reach out and touch. But a spiritual being, 
I can't touch them. I can't find them anywhere. But they can reach up behind me and smack me upside the head. They can cut a hole in my pocket and all my money falls out. They certainly got enough access to my bank account on that one. They certainly know how to wreck my car, make sure it's got to go in the shop again. But I can't stop them from that happening because I'm wrestling against things I can't touch. Therefore, instead of pretending that Dennis can, what Dennis needs to understand is I've got to have on some spiritual armor. Not pretend that I do. Too many Christians walk out their front door every single day pretending they've got the armor of God on and they don't because they have not stopped to put it on with prayer and Bible study first. Paul went on to say in verse 13 of Ephesians 6, Wherefore take unto you the whole armor of God. Don't pick and choose, take it off, that ye may be able to withstand an evil day, having done all to stand. Because quite frankly, we can all pretend it don't matter as much as we want. And the forces of Satan, We can pretend they're not real. But if we'd be honest with ourselves, they are. We all know someone who has lost their fight for the last time. We all know someone who, much as we may have loved them, may have thought they were a good person. We know they open their eyes in hell when they close them in death. It matters, church. We can't keep pretending like these guys here did. We can't pretend that we've lived a, a good enough life. We can't pretend that having religion will be good enough. I don't care if you're Baptist, Catholic, Muslim, Jew, whatever. You need God. You need Jesus Christ to save your soul from eternity in hell. Buddha ain't going to do it. He's dead. Muhammad ain't going to do it. He's dead. Confucius ain't going to do it. He's dead. Oh, hey, by the way, hey, here's some other names. Charles Haddon Spurgeon. He's dead. Dwight Lyman Moody, he's dead. Billy Graham, he's dead. Billy Sunday, he's dead. Not a single one of them is going to save you. But Jesus is alive forevermore, amen? Stop pretending it's any other way. Do it Jesus' way. Now, none of that pretending is going to get anything done. So how do you know that, preacher? Well, because in verse 16, we see their panic. And the man in whom the evil spirit was leaped on them and overcame them and prevailed against them so that they fled out of the house naked and wounded. Let me just say, there are times in the Bible where naked literally means that they're down to their underwear. And then there are times like it is here in verse 16, they're as naked as the day they were born. This demon not only beat the ever-living snot out of them, 
He stripped them down to complete and utter humiliation. What is it the enemy has done to us that has stripped us bare? That has laid us out. We are completely exposed. And then we'll get up and we'll put our money back down on the counter and get more of it so he can do it to us all over again. Happens all the time. Notice that there were seven sons of one Sceva against one man. Seven to one odds. I, I rather would take those odds. That sounds pretty good to me. Seven to one. Uh, unless it's the Chicago Bears, in which case they could put all 53 men out there and they still couldn't beat the 11 on the opposing team. Seven to one. They should somehow be able to pin that guy down. But one man whipped them, stripped them, kicked them out the door, embarrassed them. So as that in verse 17, all the Jews and Greeks also dwelling at Ephesus heard all about it. They couldn't even keep it to themselves. This wasn't something they could keep. Hush, hush. All right. Let's just get out of here and we'll sneak out the back door. No, the whole world don't know about it. Well, by the way, they weren't sneaking either. They were running for their lives. Because they done got busted up, tore up from the floor up. Kind of like Tyson in his prime done got in there and whooped some good. You remember how Tyson was? That fight was going to be over in 30 seconds. Can't imagine it lasted much longer than 30 seconds for these guys. But why did it happen? Because they didn't know Jesus. You see, when you study this out and the Spirit says to them, Jesus I know, that I know in the original Greek means I know Jesus. Remember, demons are fallen angels. They were there in heaven with Jesus serving God before Lucifer led a third of them in rebellion against God. They know Him. Paul, I know. That I know carries with it the implication that they, they've heard of Him. They ain't had to deal with Him, but they've heard of Him. He went on to say, but who are you? I ain't got a clue who you are. Bunch of, what, what in the world's wrong with you people? Y'all could get the whole nation in here. You still ain't got a chance against me. That's what that demon's saying. Y'all done gone loco here. What are you all smoking? I want some of that too, this demon's saying. Think you all could come in here. You ain't big enough. You ain't bad enough to take me on. Because you ain't got Jesus backing you up. If you had Jesus backing you up, like Paul's got Jesus backing him up, then you'd stand a chance against me. And our personal demons keep whooping up on us because we ain't letting Jesus back us up or we ain't even got him to begin with. Notice their prejudice here in closing. The second half of verse 17, And fear fell on them all, 
and the name of the Lord Jesus was magnified. And many that believed came and confessed and showed their deeds. Many of them also, which used curious arts, brought their books together and burned them before all men. And they counted the price of them and found it to be uh, 50,000 pieces of silver, about $2 million today. Uh, so mightily grew the word of God and prevailed. Those guys... We did not read about them at all in the second half of verse 17, verse 18, verse 19, nor in verse 20. As a matter of fact, once they ran out of that house naked and wounded, we don't read about them again. Now why is that? Because they were prejudiced. I called upon Jesus, whom Paul preaches, to command those spirits to come out, and Jesus didn't deliver. I got no use for him. Be gone, Jesus. You're useless to me. Talk to the hand, because the face got nothing to say to you. Yeah. We don't read about them coming to their senses. And saying, wait a minute, if I had Jesus in my heart, maybe I wouldn't have got beat up. And I do say maybe, because there have been times when I have gone out there and I've done something completely dumb. <laughs> Jesus ain't been backing me up. And I got whooped up on pretty good. But guess what? Even when I come crawling back to him with my tail between my legs, confessing what I've done, he still forgives me. I don't have to get saved all over again. Once saved, always saved. Once you know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you're secure. But these men here, they never gave God another chance. They said that Paul dude, he's crazy. Letting people beat him up, mobs, run him off into jail, run him out of town, tar and feather. Going to prison multiple times, surviving multiple shipwrecks, and he's still proclaiming Jesus. Paul's nuts! But it don't matter. Paul would be sitting there saying, that's fine. I'm nuts about the one who gave his life on the cross of Calvary for me. And I'm going to continue to tell others about Jesus. How He can save them. If they'll just accept the fact that they're a sinner. One little lie was enough to send you to heaven. Taking one little grape from the store and not paying for it, just popping in your mouth and eating it because you wanted to sample it is enough to send you to hell for stealing. Saying God's name in vain that makes you a blasphemer, that's enough to send you to hell right there. How about looking at someone and saying, hmm, yeah, I'd like to give me some of that. Hey, guess what? That just made you an adulterer. Jesus said, if you look on someone with lust in your heart, you've already committed adultery with them. 
It don't matter if you're married, they're married. Fornication is still sexual sin. There's no need to go out test driving anyone for marriage either. Say, preacher, I don't know if we're sexually compatible. Are you a man? She's a woman. Guess what? You're sexually compatible. Go on over there to the book of Exodus chapter 20. It'll start right there and tell you. We can get into that afterward. But I'm telling you right now, what each and every one of us needs is Jesus. If you do not know Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior right now, now is the time to accept Him as your Savior. If you do know Him as your Savior, but you've got issues, you've got things that are slowing you down spiritually, you're not where you need to be, guess what? You can always come and confess to Him. According to 1 John 1.9, He is more than ready to forgive us, to cleanse us from all unrighteousness if we will just come and confess to Him. I want to ask you this one question here in closing. How big and bad do you really think you are when it comes to your demons? You think you can honestly handle them or is it possible you need Jesus to help you with it? Our Father in heaven, we thank you, Lord, for all that you've done for us. We do pray, Lord, for your blessings upon this day. Help us, Lord, please, to follow your holy will. If there's anyone here who needs to know Jesus Christ as his Lord and Savior, we ask you, Lord, please, to help them to understand that now is the appointed time, that now is the opportunity, because we may not get our next breath. We may not see tomorrow. Help us, please. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen, amen.